Support for the Trailblazers.fm podcast comes from the Campaign for Black Male Achievement, a supportive and uplifting network of leaders and organizations across the country committed to building beloved communities for black men and boys and helping them achieve their fullest potential. I invite you to join this vibrant network of leaders and organizations that are working on the ground to drive positive outcomes for our black men and boys. To learn more or to join and help CBME, change the narrative hop on over right now to tbpod.com slash black male achievement you're listening to the trailblazers podcast where we will explore the stories of successful black professionals Join us as we highlight the knowledge, resources, and tools of these accomplished trailblazers to help provide the know-how, confidence, and motivation you need to blaze your trail. And now, here's your host, Stephen Hart. What's up, Blazer Nation? We've got another exciting interview for you today. Our featured guest is Cheryl Wood. Cheryl is an international motivational speaker, author, and a master speaker development coach for women. And her compelling story of transitioning from being a legal secretary and a mom of three to now building her own speaking empire and generating over a million dollars. This is just going to inspire you guys today. But before we dive into this conversation with Cheryl, I wanted to remind you that this is the last week to go ahead and enter our Wealth Series giveaway. And so I want to encourage you to hop on over right now to tbpod.com slash giveaway. For more information and to go ahead and get yourself entered into this contest, we're giving away a bunch of books that were recommended in our wealth series from the beginning of the year. So enter for your chance to win today. And listen up, if you're new to trailblazers.fm and you haven't yet done so, go ahead and hit me up on Twitter or on the gram. Our handle is at TVPod. You can also hit me up personally at Stephen A. Hart. Shoot me a DM if we get connected there and, you know, we can have a one-on-one. I love meeting and connecting with everyone in our Blazer Nation. So, and also just a tip for you, if you're somebody that would rather to receive the episodes on Sunday, a day early, if you go ahead and register for our email list over at tbpod.com, you get a sneak peek on Sundays on how to access the episode a day early. So let's not waste any more time because Cheryl is about to drop some wisdom and knowledge and have your head spinning. So open up your Evernotes or grab that notepad and get set to receive some mission fuel from our featured trailblazer today, Cheryl Wood. Enjoy. Cheryl, welcome so much to trailblazers.fm. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be with you today. Awesome. So at the time this episode is going live, we're celebrating Women's History Month. And so I'd love to maybe ask you about some of the women in your life that you're grateful to have around you and maybe who have really inspired you in some way. Yeah. You know, I have to say my mom is probably my greatest inspiration because she is one of the hardest working women I've ever, ever seen in life. She's one of those women, as I was growing up as a child, I saw her go to work every single day, even when she didn't feel well. Like she was one of those women who had 200 sick leave days built up and just would not take the day off. She certainly taught me my strong work ethic and showing up consistently so that you can get what you want in life. And I think outside of that, from a professional perspective, 
Lisa Nichols, who is actually one of my business coaches, has been a huge inspiration in my life. Just knowing her story and her background of where she came from and how she has built her empire around challenges and setbacks and obstacles that could have stopped her in her tracks. But she took those obstacles and she allowed it to fuel her to her next level. And that is absolutely how I have modeled my own life, coming from poverty, growing up in that space, and all of the negativity and the toxicity that came with that into a space of owning my greatness and owning my brilliance and knowing that it's okay for me to show up great in the world and to just be completely consistent in pressing through obstacles and challenges, no matter how challenging or difficult they are. Yes. Yes. I love Lisa too. (laughs) (laughs) She's amazing. So question for you. I know you're here in the DMV. Did you grow up here? I was born and raised in Baltimore, Maryland. I I actually grew up in a housing project called Lafayette Projects. And again, it was, yeah, it was a poverty driven environment. You really did see the worst parts of life in that housing project. I saw every day that I came out of my house, I saw drug addiction, people who were selling drugs, people who had succumbed to this space of not having enough education to really even feed their families so that they could get you know decent jobs and put food on the table. I saw teenage pregnancy. I saw crime and violence every single day. That's the environment that I grew up in. And so there were a lot of statistics that came out of that environment. And I was just determined I was not going to be one of them. Wow. So... What was the dream for you in all of this? Was it just to get out of that environment? I mean, as a young Cheryl coming up, what was the dream that you held on to? Yeah, you hit it right on the head. To get out. I did not want to be a part of that environment. I just wanted to, look, if I could articulate it just really clearly, I just wanted to be a person who was surviving through that. I didn't know what thriving meant. I was just, hey, how do I survive this environment and at least give myself an opportunity to get out of it. Thriving was nowhere in my vocabulary because I hadn't seen what that looked like. I had no model of what thriving really looked like. You know, in preparing for this interview, you shared with me that there's power in sharing your story and your perspective and your knowledge and your unique life experiences. I'm listening to you and I'm loving that you've shared that. You also said, you know, that we can leverage the power of or speaking to make a global impact and generate massive income. And we're going to talk about that in a second, but I'd love to maybe understand when the desire and the passion to share your own story began. So I found myself as a young adult and Mm -hmm. I was in corporate America working a job. I felt like I had already succeeded because I was no longer in that environment of poverty and of just surviving. I felt like, hey, I have a good job. I'm making decent money. I didn't have a college degree. Let me backtrack and make sure I articulate that. So that kind of made me feel like I would never truly thrive for a long time because when I left high school in Baltimore, Maryland, I graduated, I got my high school diploma, but because I wanted to get out of that environment of poverty, I didn't go straight from high school to college for higher education. I went straight from high school into the workforce. And that in my mind at the time was, That was going to be the path that was going to get me out of poverty and my mom out of poverty. So I went straight to corporate America and slowly but surely used some of the skill sets that I had learned from my mom, in addition to some of the training I'd had because I went to a vocational technical high school. So I went there for business. 
and using those skill sets to slowly but surely grow through the ranks of corporate America as high as I could. So I ended up as a legal secretary, which paid me, you know, upwards of eighty, ninety thousand dollars a year. And I felt like, hey, I was doing oh. it. I was like, this is a girl who grew up in poverty with no college degree and I'm making ninety thousand dollars. I'm doing okay for myself. <laughs> And the reality was there was so much more that was available to me, but I didn't tap into that until I became a mother. So right around, I was about 31 years old or so, I started had birthing children. I found my husband, we got married, we started having children. And once I had, we had our third child, I wanted to be a fully present mother. I didn't want to be the mom who was dropping my kids off every day at 6 a.m. at somebody's school facility for before care and not picking them up until 6 p.m. every day at aftercare. That just wasn't okay with me. So I started getting kind of the itch then, like how do I create my own empire where I'm not just going to a job and punching a time clock and building somebody else's dream? How do I build my own dream? Right. So walk us through that transition. What did you do to actually get from that legal secretary post to now earning a million dollars a year through your speaking business. I know it's crazy, right? (laughs) Sometimes I hear that. I hear myself say that. I'm like, whoa, I have to sometimes just sit in that because sometimes when we're first starting, we think this is never going to happen. This this is totally impossible for a girl from the hood with no college degree. And I stayed in that space for a really long time. And then one day I just, I made a decision and the decision was you are never going to thrive. You're never going to blaze new trails in this world and leave a legacy if you don't interrupt your norm. So what I was doing as a legal secretary and going to a job every day and punching a time clock, that was my norm. I knew how to do that. I had mastered that. But now it was time for me to interrupt that norm and choose to pursue something that could potentially propel me into a greater version of myself. And that was scary because I didn't know what it looked like. I had never done it before. I didn't really have a circle of like minds who could usher me in through what that was going to feel like, that path. So I almost felt like I was on my own doing it, trying to figure it out. So I started very small. I said, well, I had read stories about people who had discovered their passion and people who had used entrepreneurship as a way to create this thriving lifestyle, abundance and prosperity. And I started saying to myself, if they can, well, maybe I can too. So in 2009, I started a little itty bitty t-shirt business and it was called Moms Are the Best. I focused it on what I loved, which was being a mom. And instead of focusing it on you know, pursuing money, I, I know that if you only pursue the dollars, that eventually you run out of steam for chasing money. But when you base mm. it on something that you're truly passionate about, that is just embedded in you, in your core and in your spirit, you will never run out of steam for pursuing that thing. So that's why I, I did it based on my love of motherhood. And I would go to all of these events. I still kept my full-time job, right? You can't just throw away the full-time job because just because you get passionate about something because <laughs> you will be a brokepreneur. That's what you will be. And I literally started going out on weekends and I started setting up a vendor. I would purchase a vendor table for events and I would lay out all these t-shirts and I would hope to sell t-shirts. Now, honestly, a lot of times I didn't, or I might sell one or two and I'd been there for six or seven hours. And then I had to come home and hear my husband say, so, um, how much you make? (laughs) And that was a whole nother challenge because, you know, if you're married and you're gone for eight hours and you come back home and you ain't got no money in your pocket, your husband is wondering, what were you doing? Where were you at? So it was just, it was tough. It was challenging, but that's how I got my start. 
I started something. I interrupted my norm. I didn't have the time to know why I was out there selling t-shirts. I just knew I will never get anything different until I do something different. And look, the reality was all of that, that part of my journey was teaching me the skill sets that I needed for when I would be detoured into my career as a speaker. It taught me how to open my mouth and speak up about who I am as a businesswoman and what I want. It taught me how to have a conversation and a dialogue and engage with prospective customers when they came to my table to talk to me about my product. It taught me how to hear the word no and not be crushed by the word no. Because a lot of times in business, we hear no and, oh my God, it's the end of the world. Now it takes us three days to get ourselves together before we start selling again. So I was learning all of those pieces of entrepreneurship when I didn't even realize it. And it wasn't until 18 months later that I got my first opportunity to speak, which was completely unexpected for me. Someone from Morgan State University called me. They had heard about my t-shirt business. See, that's the importance of getting started because you never know who's watching and who's listening and who's looking. And they heard about the t-shirt business and said, well, look, Miss Wood, we would love to have you come to our annual women's conference at Morgan and teach a session about teaching moms how to start their own businesses. And I burst out laughing when they called me. And I was like, well, clearly you have dialed the wrong number because you can't possibly be looking for me because I wasn't a speaker, had no speaker experience, had no background as a speaker, did not feel qualified to be on anybody's stage at the front of the room. But it was an opportunity that presented itself because I got started and I stayed consistent even when I didn't always understand the why or the how of where it was leading me. I love this. I love this. So, Cheryl, so walk me through because sometimes people sit at and they say, well, all right, I hear where you're coming from. I hear your background. And, you know, somehow you you locked out to this million dollar stage, (laughs) right? I know, Cheryl, that there are some deep, dark valleys in the middle of all that, right? What are some of the challenges that you had to overcome to where you Mm. are now? I think the biggest challenge I really had to overcome was getting out of my own way and not feeling like I was good enough to be on anybody's stage teaching people who were smarter than me, you know, more educated than me, had more money than me. For a long time, I struggled with that space in that space of, well, who am I? I'm just Cheryl from the hood with no degree. How could I possibly get on the stage and talk to people who have master's degrees and PhDs and who are very educated and have money in the bank? And here I am still this little broke girl <laughs> trying to figure my figure it out and find my way. And for a long time, I diminished my value based on what I was lacking. So I had to work through shifting my own internal dialogue and focusing on what I had versus what I was lacking. That was one piece of it. Another piece was charging what I was worth. But again, that connected to my diminishing of my own value. Because if you don't believe you're worth it, you're not going to charge what you're worth. So because I didn't believe that I was good enough, because I didn't believe that I was qualified to be the person at the front of the stage identified as the expert, I didn't put a price tag to it for a really long time. In fact, for an entire year, I spoke at no cost. Like I was just free. I did anybody who would have me, I was like, okay, I'll do it. I'll do it. Cause I was so excited about this potential of pouring into people's lives, but I was scared of the money conversation. I was scared to say, this is how much I charge and then owning it, knowing that I was worth it. So at some point I realized, and you know, a lot of it was through prodding of my husband, like, really, you're going to keep doing this for free. <laughs> 
But at some point, I realized that I couldn't keep doing this thing for free. Like I had to monetize it. And so I started charging small fees. You know, my fee is $300. My fee is $400. And and then I would get scared of the silence that I would hear after I stated my fee. And that, again, came with a lack of confidence and a lack of belief in who I was and the value that I delivered when I came to a stage. And so I would backpedal out of my own fee, my own little itty bitty fee that was only $300. I would say the fee and I would hear silence just a couple seconds. And I was afraid of silence. And I would say, but, but, you know, I understand that sometimes organizations have monetary constraints. So if you can't afford that, we can still work it out. And I was literally backpedaling out of my own fee. So there were a lot of, there was a lot of internal dialogue that I had to start having with myself to know that I was worth it, to know that every time I took a stage that I had prepared for it, I had practiced it and that I was going to deliver like nobody's business. So yes, that means I'm adding value. That means I should gain value when I'm on the stage. And so through that whole process, I'm going to be very honest. My husband and I, we really hit financial rock bottom. Because here I was trying to figure it out. I got to a point where I I felt like, okay, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. I had all this passion and people love you when you're free. They love you. I mean, everybody wants to book you when you're free. And so I thought, well, once I leave my job, all these people that love me, they're going to hire me. (laughs) So I left my corporate job, jumped into full-time entrepreneurship way too fast, way too early. And then all I heard was crickets. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. What happened to all the people who loved me and told me I was amazing and, and I was one of the best speakers they ever heard? <laughs> what happened? What happened to the, all those people? Nothing. And so we hit financial rock bottom. So here I had left my job, wasn't making hardly any money through my business. And then six months later, my husband got laid off from his job. When I tell you that it was the most challenging experience we've ever been through. But here was the really challenging piece. It was bad enough that financially we were strapped. But then I was faced with the decision, do you keep pressing forward, Cheryl, for this new direction, this this new thing that you say you want so that you can create a different life where you're never in this position again? Or do you go right back to your norm, to what you already know how to do? And I made a decision that I wasn't going to go back to my norm. So I struggled in a space of, okay, now I had, when I was on a full-time job, (laughs) I had money, but I had any time to spend with my my kids and my family. And now I got all the time in the world, but I ain't got no money to do nothing with them. So it was, I remember making a statement at one point, literally crying, like tears just streaming down my face as I sat on my couch. And I just said to my husband, I said out loud, I said, wow, all of this, just because I'm chasing some dream. I'll never forget saying that out of my mouth. That makes me emotional. (laughs) And my husband said to me, oh no, you've come this far. You're not turning back now. You're going to keep doing this thing. So he ended up being one of my strongest accountability partners for me to keep going in the journey. So we definitely have had our ups and downs and our highs and lows. And it was through pressing through those challenges and difficult times that I am here today. Wow. Cheryl, thank you so much for sharing that. You know, I can't help but make a point here too. You had to fight through, and you're talking about, you know, stepping outside of your comfort zone. I love to say you have to step off the cliff of your comfort zone, right? And jump into it. But I have a reminder on my phone, on my iPhone, that pops up every morning at 9 a.m. And it says, look in the mirror. That's Mm -hmm. your competition. For those listening, this is not a switch that you flip and you're comfortable with being uncomfortable. You have to continuously step into that, realizing that 
you are going to always have this natural human you know, reaction to just being comfortable, right? And being safe. I know that you've now gotten to a point where you've earned a certain measure of success in the speaking business, but I'm sure it's something you have to constantly push yourself with to step to that Every next level. Every day. Right? Every day. So I love that you shared what you did and let's maybe flip the script, right? And let's talk about, because now you're helping others. What's some of the things that you hear that's holding back people from sharing their own story? I find one of the biggest pieces, especially for women, I work with a lot of women, is that they're still running in guilt and shame from what they've experienced in life. In fact, I had someone who asked me, (laughs) this was recently, who said to me after they heard me spoke, well, why do you still share the story about not having a college degree? Like you're so successful now, you don't even need to tell that part anymore. Why do you still say that on these big stages? And sometimes I'm on stage and I'm talking to 2,000, 3,000 people at a time. And I found that so ironic that the person would ask me that question. And I said, now is the most appropriate time for me to share that because I have these amazing platforms and I get to touch people's lives to remind them that it's not about where you start. It's about where you finish. It has nothing to do with what happened in the past, how you grew up, what you struggled through, what your mess was. Don't ever run from your truth. So I find that a lot of women, especially, are running from their own truth and it's guilt and it's shame and it's a fear of people's judgment and criticism. Look, I don't care what anybody says (laughs) about what my past was. That's my past. And I can never run and hide from that. It's my truth. Now, that doesn't dictate where I am today and where I'm going. So if more women would get out of their own way by not running from their truth, and the mess. It doesn't matter what you've been through. If you've been through a divorce and you never thought you would ever go through divorce, if you've been through bankruptcy, if you don't have a college degree, if you, whatever it might be, that story is going to bless someone else. I say that your story, in fact, it becomes your wealth generator because it is the thing that people are looking for hope. People are looking for inspiration. People are looking to feel like I'm not alone in this journey. People are looking for solutions. Your story can become all of those things. Hope, inspiration, solutions to other people's problems. That story that says, hey, I'm not alone in this. You get to be that powerful in your truth. And you don't have to make that up and you don't have to run from that. And that's a beautiful thing to know that you can create legacy and create wealth simultaneously with your story. Wow. God sent you to speak to me. (laughs) I don't know about everybody else (laughs) listening right now, but oh my gosh, that spoke to me in a big way just now. You know, just in the same conversation I I had recently with Patrice, I opened up about a story of my own that I get emotional every time I have to share it. But, you know, I did. And I can't tell you how many people have reached out to me about Mm -hmm. me sharing that. And I, I, I mean, it's my valley, right? But I find that so many people connect to that part of the journey, because we've all had our dark moments, right? And I think it's that point where there's connection. And from that point, seeing, you know, someone else sees that you've succeeded, it's like, oh, well, I can too, you know, because I've also been to that dark place and seeing you get there, it it provides that hope. It does. It does. And, And I always tell every person I work with that your story is about you, but it ain't for you. It's about you, meaning you went through it, you went through the struggle, you went through the mess, the the valleys and everything that came with it. So yeah, it's about you, but 
it's not for you because the intention is for you to learn something from the mess that you went through, to build new characteristics, to become stronger and bolder and more courageous and more aware of who you are, and then to share those lessons with someone else. Because what is it if you go through a mess, you go through struggle, and then you keep it to yourself? Like, who does that benefit? That doesn't benefit anybody. So your story is about you and that you go through it, but it's not for you. And like you said, when we share our story with any audience, whether it's through a broadcast, whether it's on a a platform, whether it's through a webinar, it doesn't matter what the platform is. The reality is when you share your truth and you're vulnerable enough to share your truth in all of its rawness and authenticity, that becomes your connector to the audience. Your success, all that is, that's just your credibility to say, hey, if I overcame it, I can help you overcome it too. It's so deep to, to share your story and not run and hide from it. Girl, you're dropping so much nuggets always. Though. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So how would someone who's listening, right, who wants to begin this journey in public speaking, how do we get started? I think there are some key things that are necessary if you're really going to be in a space of sharing your story on platforms. And I just want to say this, there's a difference between talking and speaking. Anyone can talk. Anybody can open their mouth and talk. But when you're speaking, when I talk about speaking, I'm talking about you're speaking into people's lives. And that is a responsibility that cannot be taken lightly. So it's important that you master the skill set of speaking. So just as you would treat any other craft that you want to master, you need to master the craft of speaking. Take a couple courses, take some classes, get some books. I don't care what your platform is for learning more, but be a student of the thing that you say you want to do because speaking into people's lives is a great responsibility. So I think mastery is critical. Now, don't wait until you are in a space of mastery before you start sharing because you being in movement and emotion practicing, that is a part of your mastery. So as you're learning, get out and get on as many platforms as you can. A lot of times you can just go to Google. You can Google in the type of event that you're looking for that you want to speak at, whether it's youth events or women's conferences or empowerment events, whatever it is. You can Google that and you can literally make it specific to your region or you can leave it open and it will show you organizations and groups and associations that are looking for speakers. I think that's a great way to get started. Another great way, and I did this a lot when I first started, was I would go to people's homes and look, I would speak to anybody because I needed experience and I needed exposure. So I would go to people's living room and I would speak to their book club meetings. And I say, hey, you got five people? Okay, great. And I would go in there and I would drop the mic on those five people. (laughs) It was just, I loved what I did. And I love the opportunity to create possibility in other people's lives. And then behind that, after you're beginning on this path of mastery is visibility. And I always say visibility will always trump ability. Visibility will always trump ability. Visibility is the thing that gets your foot in the door. Ability is what keeps it there. So if you're not visible, then you're going to be a best kept secret. You might have great speaking skills. Maybe you've mastered it. Maybe you've read the books, you've taken the classes. But if you're not coming from behind your laptop at some point and getting out into the marketplace and sharing your voice and allowing people to experience your energy firsthand, you're going to struggle in the space of professional speaking. So be as visible as possible so that you get the opportunity to demonstrate your ability. And then there's consistency. Consistency means you show up over and over and over and over and over again. I didn't become Cheryl Wood, the international speaker, just because I dreamed it. 
(laughs) And just because I spoke it and just because I put it on a vision board, like I had to consistently show up and do the work that would position me to develop the credibility so that I could become Cheryl Wood, the international speaker. And sometimes that's challenging because that means you got to do it even when you don't feel like it. Like, remember when I started speaking, I was still working my full-time job. So I would go to work all day. I would pick up my kids. I would come home, tag team with my husband. Like, babe, which one are you going to do? Dinner time or bath? Okay, you're going to do bath. I'm going to cook some dinner real quick. And then I would switch my clothes and I'd go out to a networking event. Because the more I expressed and articulated who I was in spaces that would allow me to grow, the greater my possibility of actually becoming the person that I wanted to be. So consistency. I said, you know, they might not know me now. Oh, but they going to know me. That was my philosophy. They're going to know who Cheryl Wood is because I'm going to keep showing up until they start asking, who is this Cheryl Wood person? And that's your job to show up consistently. And every time you show up, which leads to point number four, is always be authentically you. Don't ever try to be a good imitation of somebody else. You were created the way you are because there is no one like you. You have a unique fingerprint and a unique DNA. You are not meant to walk like, talk like, speak like anybody else. So always be authentically you. I'll never forget. This was a couple of years ago. I got invited to speak at a conference and it was going to be in Massachusetts for marine biologists. Now that's not typically my audience, but they asked me to come in. They hired me to come and speak about communication. Well, that's my lane. I love speaking about communication and how to do it effectively through verbal and through nonverbal. And I went in and I look before I go and before they introduce me, I look in the room and there's about a hundred people there and they're primarily men, which again, is not typically my audience. And they're primarily of different ethnicities, right? They don't look like me. And fear showed up in that moment. And fear was trying to talk me out of my greatness. So fear was saying, are they going to get you? Like you don't have a degree. They're really smart people. So all of these things that fear tells you, are you really good enough? Are you going to be able to do this? Do you think that they're going to like you? And I literally had to stop the conversation with fear and unplug and say, you know what, Cheryl, you've gotten this far by just being authentically you. The way you speak, the way you talk, the way you make people laugh, just authentically you. I'm pretty dramatic when I speak. I use a lot of gestures. I give a lot of eye contact. I move around a lot. That's the way I present. And I couldn't try to shift and be anything other than that because then that was going to create a disconnect. So you know what I did? I eliminated that conversation with fear and I walked in that room and I was fired up like I always am fired up when I get on a stage. And they were looking at me and they loved it. They loved every second of it. In fact, I was there training for four hours and not one person left the room. Not one person. So it was such a reminder to always be authentically you and then be transparent. So transparency is what we talked about, the way you talked about sharing your story on one of these podcasts, right? That's transparency that allows a deeper heart-to-heart connection with people because there's one thing to share statistics and facts and figures, but when you share your raw truth and you're transparent in sharing where you fell down and the messes that you made and how you had to struggle through those, that's the real connection with people. And then they will start to see themselves in you. Because don't ever forget, every audience that you're talking to, typically, they are currently struggling through what you've already struggled through and found a solution to. So you can't forget to have compassion for the people who are still going through that mess. And when you share your mess too, now they see you as more than just, oh, you're the lofty speaker who's on the stage. They now say, 
wow, I can see myself doing that. I can see myself overcoming now because look what she went through or look what he went through. And then I think the last piece of it is credibility. And the credibility is, are your solutions that you are providing when you're on a stage or on a platform, who are they working for? Who have they worked for? Are they viable solutions that actually work? And so ask yourself, who are my branches? Because technically you're the tree, you're rooted firmly, but who are the branches that are extending from you that say what she provides or what he provides, the solutions and the strategies, they actually work because I was in that same position that you're in and now look where I am. So all of those pieces are critical for getting yourself started and getting moving in the speaker industry. That's right. Cheryl, I don't even, I'm speechless. For everyone listening, you guys need to hit rewind a couple of times here and go back and listen to this again, because I know there's so much power in what you just shared here. I know you talk about the types of speaking engagements, right? Maybe yes. share the different types of speaking engagements. Yes. Yeah, so there's number one, paid to speak. And paid to speak is just as it, as it sounds. Someone reaches out to you. They say, hey, we, we saw you on Facebook or we saw you on YouTube and we love what you do. We want to hire you. And they're ready to stroke the check. Those are the most beautiful speaking engagements that you can ever get <laughs> because you already know what you're signing up for. And then there is number two, speak to sell. And speak to sell is when perhaps the organization, maybe they can only pay a portion of your fee, or maybe they cannot pay your fee at all, but they say, we still want to create a space for you to be able to monetize. So you can come in on our stage and this is the audience we're going to be serving and you can sell your program or your package. Now I'll tell you a lot of times you can typically make more from speak to sell than sometimes you will from just getting paid to speak because depending on how many people are in that room. And even if you only close, let's say typically most people might close somewhere between 10 to 20% of the audience, that can still be a really good day. If you're selling a package that's 500 bucks or a thousand bucks, that can even extend beyond what your speaker's fee is. And then there's pay to play and pay to play would be where someone says, Hey, you know, I'm reputable. I'm credible. You might know them in the industry and they are offering you an opportunity to come to their stage and typically to offer a sales offer as well. But you have to invest in order to be on their stage. So if someone like a Les Brown calls me and says, I love what you do. I want you on my stage, but it's going to cost you 10 grand to come and speak on my stage. I'm probably going to come up with that 10 grand because I want to be connected to that brand and I want to be on that stage. And that might be a stage of 500 or 1,000 or 2,000 people. So you have to really sit and measure whether or not that's going to be a win for you. Now, I'm going to say one thing, be cautious of this. You don't want to just invest in everybody and anybody's opportunity because maybe it's a first time speaking engagement. Maybe they're a newbie themselves. So really do your due diligence and your research so that you're making wise decisions if you're going to invest. And then there is what we call rev share, revenue share opportunities. Whenever you hear rev share, it just stands for revenue, revenue share, which means someone may come in and say, hey, we want you to come. We're not writing you a check. There's no exchange of monies here. But what we're going to do is let you come to the stage, sell to our audience. But whatever you sell, it's going to be a split. So typically it might be a 50-50 split. It might be a 60-40 split or a 70-30. You always get the higher number in the latter instances. But that means you're going to come in, you're going to deliver the message, you're going to sell, but you are not going to recoup all of the money. You're not going to retain all of the monies. And that can still be a win because ask yourself the question, would I otherwise have been able to get in front of this audience? Would I otherwise, without this person really pulling all the legwork and getting the venue and taking care of the audio visual and all the other expenses that comes with it, would I otherwise have 
have the opportunity to get in front of this many potential new prospects at one time. So you have to really just think about what works best for you, but don't say no automatically just because someone says we can't stroke you a check because that doesn't mean that you can't still generate income. Love it. Love it. So Cheryl, you've dropped so much wisdom. I can imagine that there are several, I'm thinking of several of our listeners who are going to say, you know, how can I learn more? How can I get involved in what you're doing? Because you have articulated so much wisdom that I've personally never heard. If someone's wanting to become part of your tribe or your community, how can they get involved? One of the best ways is through social media. If you connect with me on any of the platforms at Cheryl Empowers, I am always open. I'm always responsive. And I I love having that touch where I can still kind of, you know, really impact people directly one-on-one. People always They're shocked when they get me directly. (laughs) And I'm like, yeah, I'm still that woman. I'm still that woman that you can still get in touch with. And I I actually respond to you. So connect with me through social media and I'll make sure that you get connected to our tribe through our Facebook page and and some of our other private communities for those of you who really want to pursue speaking as something that's going to be a viable piece of your business. So I would love that. Love it. Love it. So before we wrap up, our Blazonation loves to hear about the resources of our featured guests. So I'd love to invite you if there are any good books that you've read recently and and would love to recommend for them to jump on and add to their reading queue. Absolutely. One of my favorites is The Millionaire Messenger by Brendan Burchard. I love that book. It really walks you through step-by-step your messaging, your positioning, how to profit. And I could not recommend a better book for people who are getting started. That's one of my favorite. Another one of my favorites is by John Maxwell, How Successful People Grow. And that really is um, very beneficial. And can I throw my own book in there? Because I think it's a powerful book. (laughs) For read, I think my new book, Success Tips for Speakers, which is 50 tips to jumpstart your speaking career for those of you who really are looking for fundamentals. How do I really get started? What do I need to have in place? It is that resource. So I would highly recommend those three books. Love it. Love it. And so last question before we wrap up here, what's one action you think our community should take this week that's going to help them to blaze their trail? I would say just get started. (laughs) Stop discounting yourself and discounting what you already know, the knowledge that you already have and the unique life experiences that will add value to somebody else's life. Somebody truly is waiting on you to show up and to share your truth. So whatever that looks like for you, meaning if it means reaching out to some people that you know already and leveraging relationships that you already have to say, hey, I want to share my story. Can I come into your group? Can I come to your book club? Can I come to your event and just share my story? Because I know I have an obligation to impact other people's lives with my truth. I would say start there by asking for what you want and seeking. Don't wait, create. Don't wait, create the opportunities. Cheryl Wood, thank you so much. I am blessed for having you as part of this community. Thank you. Thank Thank you, you. Thank you. Well, that's it for today. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Trailblazers podcast. I'll be posting links to all of today's book recommendations and links mentioned on our show notes page at tdpod.com. If today was your first time listening to the Trailblazers podcast, I just want to extend a warm Trailblazers welcome to you. We're so happy to have you here and we encourage you to go ahead and hit that subscribe button in your favorite podcast app. 
go ahead and browse through some of our past episodes to keep the knowledge flowing. If you're a fan of the podcast and today's content, and you're maybe already subscribed to the podcast, please continue to share and invite your friends, your family, your colleagues to listen to an episode that you think might impact them most. We believe that someone listening to these inspiring stories will be moved to make significant changes that will have generational impact for many others, both now and well into the future. Don't miss next week's episode. New episodes are released each and every Monday by about 5 a.m. Eastern. Trailblazers, jump off this podcast today. Go find a way to rise above, go way beyond, and keep blazing your trail. Cheers. Cheers.